everybody. It's Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Get ready for some fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 24th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this afternoon on January 16th, 2019, welcoming listeners into the 24th episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm here as your host for this special edition episode in episode 24 as we are debuting a new addition to the Collegiate Segment that will be done every other episode that we are calling the Redbird Sports Update. That's part of the Collegiate Segment. Every other episode will be featuring the talk that the show started with in its Collegiate Segment prior to episode 23 covering the Illinois State University Redbird Athletic Teams. And as an alum now, I had the idea back in November, knowing that the show had to evolve, that it was important to try and keep the base of one of the main segments that the show started on, uh, a segment that gave a lot of great co-hosts insight, uh, good guest appearances, and it helps me continue that with this show as the collegiate segment has evolved, it's now more of an NCAA-based, uh, broad-type collegiate segment. But it's really important to me that the show continues uh, talking Redbird sports, at least every other episode, um, due to my love of Redbird athletics as a student there and now an alum. And there's so many alums, uh, not just in the Chicagoland area, but in the state, outside of the state including students at the university and athletes that still follow this podcast, and it's important to keep those alums informed. So that's what we're going to be doing uh, starting today as we have WZND News and Sports reporter Anthony Ferretti joining us this afternoon. He sat, he talked with me um, by a helpful uh, situation. We talked about the men's basketball game as the Illinois State Redbirds last night won by just a point against the visiting Southern Illinois Salukis. We're going to talk about the women's basketball team's rise under the coach Christian Gillespie in year two at, of her at the helm of the Redbirds. And we're going to talk about anything else going on in Illinois State Redbird Athletics. So, as I mentioned, we have WZND News and sports reporter Anthony Ferretti, who has been on this show various times as a co-host. He is a regular to the show and a supporter to the fifth quarter sports talk we do here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special. And he and I talked about Redbird men's basketball, Redbird women's basketball, what to look forward to in each of those, how both the teams are doing, uh, what fans can expect to see in their upcoming matchups, and a surprise for Illinois State Volleyball. So here is that interview conversation I had this afternoon with Anthony Ferretti. First, Anthony, it's I know it's pretty snowy down there, so we're glad you could uh, slide right in uh, for the uh, special Redbird Sports Update this week. It's the first time we're doing this. As uh, I've mentioned on the show, I'm now an alum of the university, but this is a way to continue talking Redbird Sports the way it started with the show. So uh, you're the first one on this new part of the show, man. So uh, we're glad to have you uh, start out the new part of the collegiate segment with us. 
Well, um, thank you, all. And I appreciate you for having me and um, trying to stay warm uh, down here in Bloomington. And we did get a lot of snow. Um, yesterday was a bit icy, so they delayed school um, to start on cell 10. So, yeah, I'm trying to stay safe and stay warm out here. But I'm excited for this new part of the show um, with you as a Redbird alumni and a way to keep up with the Redbirds. Yeah, it's nothing better, especially after last night. We, I know you were on the call. You were uh, WZND's press reporter uh, yesterday. So we're going to open with that, uh, with the men's basketball team. They won just by one point um, against the Southern Illinois Salukis. And that's a rivalry in the Missouri Valley Conference. Of course, they talk about you know Loyola a few years ago back when Wichita State was in the conference. But to me, the one with Southern Illinois and ISU is always interesting. Southern Illinois is kind of like that a thorn in your side that's always on top of you, um, you know, coming back with a good possession or two, and suddenly a uh, 15-point lead could turn to five, uh, just looking at the rubber matchups with Southern in the past few years. But being on press for that game yesterday, what was the type of energy um, on the campus and in the arena before the game? What was the energy like with that team um, going into the tip-off? Well, I think um, obviously being at home, it gave them a bit of an advantage. And also, this being a conference game, they knew that every game was going to be important. Um, they had all the Redbird fans there to back them up. The student section was almost full. Um, it wasn't completely full, but there were a good amount of students there to cheer them on and keep them going. And the cheerleaders and Reg and Redbird, they were making sure the fans were um, excited and kept into the game. Um, but with the Redbirds, um, it seemed like a tale of two halves that they were playing with, two different halves, but luckily they were able to pull out uh, with the win. Yeah, and that win was pretty big deal for the team. I know I've been we've been following it on the show, even though um, I'm not there as a student anymore. We still uh, I still follow it as a fan of Redbird Athletics, but they've had an interesting season. You know, it, it, this was a team coming into the year that had high expectations with their new players and the assistant coach coming over from Marshall. It's played in the NBA before. Had some uh, experience playing as a player in uh, the NCAA. They're 10-8. and eight. Now, it's not a bad record. You know, their conference record is uh, pretty respectable. They're about tied for third place before last night's matchup. Obviously, that's changed. But where does this team – where do they need to improve um, that – you saw last night did improve in certain areas. Like I know you were interviewing Mueller as well after post game, but just first, what did you see in the game that you expected? And uh, that should be a positive sign for uh, rubber fans that want this team to start getting more momentum before Arch Madness in March. Um, I think the first thing that I think they're getting better at is their depth on the bench. Uh, like Coach Mueller was saying that even though they have their starting five, there are players on the bench that can come off. Um, that test thing has really been stepping up. He made, I believe, his fifth straight start for the Redbirds. And on the bench, they've got guys that can come in and get points, like William Tinsley and Ray Vidowu. Um And they were able to play pretty strong on offense at times, despite um, the long seven-minute drop that they had. And on defense, they were able to step it out as well. Yeah, no, I, I definitely noticed Ray Adowu, um going in, I believe, the last game I saw on the campus with Ole Miss. But that was – he's a young player that's obviously going to take time to grow. We've seen that in college basketball with any freshman. No freshman player can be as perfect as a Zion Williamson. Not every player will be that um, caliber right off the bat his first year in uh, Division One basketball. But 
just looking at the score chart, some really good points from Fane, Yarbrough. That's the front court presence the Birds need in terms of points and rebounds continuously. But the question I have, and a lot, the question on the minds of a lot of Redbirds fans since the season start, uh, and I'm going to ask you about this. Do you see any improvement coming for Keyshawn Evans in a Redbird senior that just, in even playing 31 minutes last night, he only got eight points and a rebound. He hasn't been reaching the potential in his senior season this year that the Redbirds need in uh, that leadership. So what do you think uh, of what he's uh, been going through this year and maybe how can he improve it? You know, you've got some time, but uh, that question is probably, in my opinion, in uh, all the heads of the Redbird fans. Yeah, I definitely agree with you all that Keyshawn Evans is not having the season that um, everyone has expected him to have, especially last year, that three-headed monster of Fane Evans and Yarborough. Um, I know that towards the end of the season, uh, Keyshawn was battling some injuries and he was trying to stay healthy. That might be catching up with him or maybe he's not 100% yet. Um, so just trying to make sure you can improve on that and, that might be part of the reason why he might not be able to get as many shots as he's been able to, maybe because of the leg is maybe causing him a little bit of stress. Um, and you could see, like, yesterday they were trying to get quick shots off or from the inside, and it seemed like there was a little on the basket that they couldn't get those shots in, and it could have been because of his injury. But I think if he is able to stay healthy and be able to practice every day and get stronger, then hopefully by the tournament, um, he'll be someone that we can count on um, in the home stretch. Yeah, no, Keyshawn Evans, uh, Not we weren't bashing him at all there, buddy, but he's a really great player. It's just kind of hard to see what's happening to a guy that's been uh, so energetic for the Redbirds in his career, just that heart and part of that heart and soul of the Redbird uh, men's team, if you get what I'm saying there. But mm-hmm. let's get the upcoming matchups. They have Saturday, they're going on the road to Evansville against Triple Aces, then they're going to Peoria for the Battle I-74 against uh, last place Bradley, who was last in the conference. But then they come home for Indiana State. But the game that I'm looking toward just a little bit in advance that I'm going to ask you about, how do those? How can the Redbirds try and capitalize on some of those games? You know, they have three of their next four conference games on the road, Evansville, Bradley, Drake on the road, Indiana State at home. But their next home game, which is going to be a big one, is Loyola. So the way Valpo's playing on top of the conference, and a closing question here. How can the Redbirds use those upcoming matchups in the next few weeks or so to, after last night's win, continue that momentum, and climb up the ranks? And it doesn't look like it's going to be too hard for them to try and move up to the top two seeds in the conference. I'm sure you can correct me on that, um, being at the game last night, but what do they need to do to climb up those ranks in uh, the conference standings? You know, it seems like they're having more momentum at this point in the year, but how do they continue that? Um, well, I think that what we saw last year was that it was really competitive in the Valley, and that a win could have put you from the top, or it could have brought you from the bottom to the top, and a loss could have brought you from the top to the bottom. And so I think that they can stay strong and stay focused, as um, I saw last night, and many other fans tuning in um, observed that they had that big 16-point lead, and as Coach Moore said, that was the biggest lead that they played with, and he told me, he told the media that it's hard to play with a lead and that um, that's something that uh, the team is going to want to improve on, you know, just to stay strong against because they have had big leads in the past. Even though they were able to get the win 
against Southern, it could have been a bigger win. Even against Valparaiso, um, that loss could have turned into a victory for them. But I think going on the road, just giving them some momentum and still playing strong, and then even to Loyola, um, that's going to be a big game. Obviously, everyone's going to be watching. It's a rematch of um, the championship tournament in, or the championship game in Arch Madness, and the Redbirds obviously are going to look for revenge after losing not only the tournament but also by three points uh, to Loyola just a few days ago. Yeah, and I'm definitely impressed with what Valparaiso is doing. That's why I brought up the how they're doing the conference standings because it's a really interesting thing that Valpo in their second year in this conference, you know, they put a pretty good uh, presence on their uh, offense and defense last year at uh, Redbird Arena against the Redbirds their first year um, in that conference and meeting with the Redbirds last year. But it seems like they have a lot more confidence this season in the conference, so that's going to make it interesting. Uh, we're going to move over to the women's basketball team, though, now, Anthony, as we I've been following it as a Redbird alum, and a lot of people on the show have probably been following it, or listeners of the show. Uh, GT Magic for that women's basketball team. Now, especially adding to uh, their winning streak right now. This is a women's basketball team last year that was uh, telling fans, hey, we're in a rebuild. You know, it's the first year of a few that, you know, our head coach is confident we can get far, but they had some injuries earlier in the year. But now they are at a record of 9-6 and six overall. Uh, they sported a seven-game winning streak before uh, losing their last two losses, Drake January 6th um, at home, 82-64. Tough loss for the women Redbirds and then 59-44 at Terre Haute to Indiana State. But they won against Evansville this past Sunday. So right before kids had to go back to school, to get a good one on the road. What are you seeing from this women's basketball team? You know, they had a volleyball player um, in Lexi Wallen, which was an interesting move, adding a volleyball player to their team. And then just the the presence. What are you seeing with Coach Gillespie's Redbirds uh, so far this year? Well, I'm seeing that there's a lot of improvement, obviously, from last year, and I think a lot of confidence with the team as well. I think last year they weren't playing as a team. They were just playing as individual players, and now it's kind of more collective. And, you know, as we mentioned, P.T. Magid and Lexi Waller are stepping up for the Redbirds, and they're able to be incorporated into the lineup, which is so crucial because they are both new members. And as you said, Lexi Waller, um, this is her first year, obviously, on the team, for women's basketball, and she came from the volleyball team. She did play basketball in high school, and her brother plays basketball in my wasn't. So they do have basketball in their blood, but obviously she hasn't played competitively, you know, basketball since she was in high school. So for her to be able to be in the lineup and feel comfortable, and even these past couple of games, her getting the start is huge. Yeah, no, that adds a lot of really good uh, veteran presence into that starting five. Uh, as we've seen, the Redbirds had some injuries earlier in the year to key players. Megan Talbot, who's just a very key piece in that front court. You know, when you had Hannah Green leave uh, at the end of last year, graduating and moving on. Uh, and then Paige Taylor, their star point guard, has had some injury issues. But uh, bringing them back into the lineup, they have good young uh, players in Kale Newland and Lexi Kidelka, who I think are really good players. But the one we haven't seen much of since, I believe, the first month of the season is Mary Crompton, who can really nail that three-point shot. How have – it's kind of a loaded question here. How have Paige and Megan done 
since uh, coming back from uh, injured reserve? And have you heard anything about uh, Mary Crompton's injury situation? Um, I have not heard anything about her situation. And I think that with those couple coming back from injury, that it's going to be a slow start for them trying to get back and more comfortable because they haven't played competitively. And obviously they're going to want to watch the injury to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, but Crompton, that is a big one, you know, because as we mentioned, the three-pointers um, were not as big of a playmaker as uh, or last season as they could be this season. Obviously, Mary Crompton is getting his home to them back, and shooting threes would be a huge factor uh, for the Redbirds. That can't help him down the stretch in the Hoops in the Heartland. Yeah, no, Hoops in the Heartland last year, they also fell in the first round. So this is obviously, in the eyes of Redbirds fans, a really exciting improvement this year. You know, a few years ago they had uh, – Coach Barb Smith that did pretty well in her time with the Redbirds, but the team just wasn't finding that success. And now this is probably the best the women's basketball team has played in a few years, if I'm correct. You could probably uh, I could probably double check that, and I might have to update that stat there, Mr. Ferretti. But I believe that this women's basketball team they talked about it last year, and uh, you know, as a student there working at V&D back when I was there with you guys. Um, speaking to Coach Gillespie, she talked about how they're building this identity. They're building, putting something together. The question I have now for you, at, after that, they're at this point in the year, in a pretty good spot in the standings in the Missouri Valley Conference, they have upcoming matchups still they are going to be challenging. Southern Illinois at home uh, Friday and then home Sunday and next Saturday, Missouri State and then Bradley. So those are some pretty big matchups. And their next road matchup won't be till the 1st of February. I think it's ironic Loyola going um, and hosting the women's team the day before they go and play at Redbird Arena with the men's team. Interesting scheduling there. But what do these upcoming matchups uh, mean in terms of defining this identity that the Redbird women's team has obviously developed this season? Um, I think these upcoming matchups are going to be crucial because, as you mentioned, the remainder of these matchups are going to be against Valley opponents and that will determine how they're going to be for the tournament, but also kind of see how they can play against their conference opponents, even with all of the newcomers that they have. So if they can get a good winning streak going and get some momentum, that will be good. And that's obviously going to start this weekend when they play Southern Illinois on Friday and Missouri State on Sunday. And then they've got Bradley the following Sunday. So that's three games within two weeks at home that can be a crucial turning point for the Redbirds. Yeah, and we, we here at Will Smith Court Special, like I mentioned, we're doing this update just because these teams are doing so well, but not just because of that, but because we're big fans of Redbird Athletics, want to be a key follower to the average sports fan, because there's a lot of alums up here, Anthony, that graduated, just like uh, yours truly here. So it's it's a way for alums to also stay in touch with Redbird Athletics that aren't on the campus like you guys as students. But you did have some other athletic team updates for us so do you have anything in terms of volleyball baseball coming up softball is there anything developing lately that uh, you would like to share with us well I was just going on goredbirds.com and I see that Redbird Volleyball has added another assistant coach they have added Mike Becker who has been on the Pittsburgh um, volleyball staff for the past couple years and he is going to replace the assistant coach Peter the Kitchinga, um, who, who, according to Rebels.com, is going to leave the program to pursue other career opportunities. So that will be a bit of a hit, but I think that coming from the 
big program like Pitt, I think Coach Becker is going to bring something to the Redbirds, and I'm sure Coach Johnson and the rest of the team and staff are really excited to have him on. Yeah, no, Coach Johnson always looks for good character, and we look forward to continuing to talk Redbird athletics. Uh, as we mentioned on this segment, it'll be on every other episode. So, uh, Anthony Ferretti, it was a pleasure having you uh, join us. Please give our best to those at WZMB and Newton Sports that are covering Redbird athletics. They are doing a very good job continuously starting off last night's game. They, uh, We here at the show tuned into that last night. And it was a very good win, but also very good coverage. So, uh, please give our best to your department there and uh, keep up the good work. And we look forward to maybe having you come back later in the season, hopefully some uh, good stuff during Arch Madness. Hopefully. Thank you for having me. And I'll go Redbirds. And that was a very exciting and informative uh, start for the Redbird Sports Update here on Will's fifth quarter special and every other episode, so episode 26, 28, 30, moving forward, every other episode, we will continue adding Illinois State University Redbird Athletic talk in the Redbird Sports Update. So we will let you know in the next Facebook Live who the next Redbird Sports Update guest appearance will be for episode 26. So now we're going to head into the final part of the show that everybody loves. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We have all our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie, comparing it to modern-day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast, Facebook, and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorites. So I'm going to start, and Anthony Ferretti, our guest for this episode, will be following. So my movie choice has to deal with basketball, and then we, we talked, Anthony and I, um, on the Redbird Sports Update, talked about the Redbird men's and women's basketball team. So this is going to tie in really well to it. It is from a very, I don't know if a lot of people have seen this movie. I know Anthony and I talked about it, we both have, and a lot of my friends have seen it because I talk so much about it. It's my favorite basketball movie I've ever seen. It is called Glory Road, and it takes place, uh, it's based on a true story. Um, the school UTEP currently um, was formerly known as Texas Western College, uh, a commuter school, and it was during the Civil Rights Movement. A coach named Don Haskins, who coached high school girls basketball, moved over to um, that program and uh, started coaching Division One basketball, but they were a lower team, a very, very low team. And uh, definitely the underdog in uh, Division One basketball at that time. And the this goes kind of into the latter part of the movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's really good. It's a really good true story if you like those type sports movies like Remember the Titans, some of those. This is a really great flick to watch. And the thing that I like the best about it is it's one of the closing games. Um, it was the game before the team made it. I'm not going to spoil it, but there was a big... Two big games ahead. This is one of the two big games. It was against Kansas. Now, of course, everybody knows Kansas uh, University, uh, Jayhawks, really great team um, in college basketball, very well known, like the Kentuckys, the Dukes. The, and th this was Kansas back then. They were still this well known. There was a player on that team that was just incredible. His name was JoJo White. He was their star point guard. And Texas Western Miners in the movie had... 
um, one of their own in Bobby Joe Hill. And uh, Coach Don, had, the game just compares uh, specifically well to last night's victory. Illinois State had 59-58 over the Southern Illinois Salukis. Uh, it, this is two really good teams in this movie facing off against each other. Just like last night at Redbird Arena, it was the Illinois State Redbird uh, team that's playing really well on going against a team in Southern Illinois. They were both neck and neck in standings going into that game, tied for third place. And uh, this was the same in uh, the scene in Glory Road. Both these teams, Kansas and Texas Western, were very close. You know, they're trying to move on to the title game to play Kentucky, trying to move, uh, you know, move on through uh, the conference stuff, you know, our March Madness and that type stuff. Well, I don't know if they use that term, but that's what we're going to use it on here right now. So the scene goes, and you look at the score uh, throughout the movie. It looks exactly similar to uh, just looking at the play-by-play scoring for last night's matchup uh, between the Salukis and the Redbirds at Redbird Arena. That first half um, you saw against Kansas and Texas Western in the movie, it was very back and forth, back and forth. Uh, both teams playing really good defense, really good offense on either side. But they went to double overtime. And the reasoning it went so tightly close was that first half uh, they couldn't shut down Jojo White they had a problem shutting him down uh, just because of how well he was shooting the ball getting past defenders uh, Willie Worsley was really short but uh, Bobby Joe Hill had some good size uh, Jerry Armstrong was a really good defender of them so they had a lot of really good you know small ball type players along with David Latin Harry Flournoy uh, and Willie Cager but the scenes in the movie that I liked during that matchup is all of a sudden, Coach calls a timeout around halftime, just the start of the second half. JoJo's getting some more shots, playing real uh, tight offense. And they they need to stop JoJo in order to win the game to move on. It's almost like playing LeBron James in the NBA. you know, you got to stop the big guy shooter uh, that's kicking your butts in order to have a chance to win even more. So all of a sudden, there's Jerry Armstrong, uh, the forward from uh, Missouri, playing like split platoon ball with Harry Florner at the forward four position. So here's Don Haskins. He says, okay, JoJo's having a big night, so we're going to make a change. We're going to put Jerry at defending JoJo. So it comes down to it, and it comes down to the final shot where it's a very big moment, and it compares really well to what happened last night as Phil Fane gets fouled by Armand Fletcher just towards the end of the game last night. So it was at right about five seconds. And uh, Fane misses his first free throw. Um, and there's a timeout by the Salukis. There's Redbirds getting ready. They're tied at 58 with only so much time left in the game. So it looks like it could go overtime. But here's Phil Fane. Did a lot of work on his free throws. He makes his second free throw. They close out the game. The Redbirds won last night for that reason and this is a similar reason to in the movie texas western wins off a dunk by willie cager so willie cager gets a dunk they call it hanging on the rim and all of a sudden jojo white gets some free throws so they send a double time. but there's another nice dunk type shot by the miners and right off the bat there's jojo with the ball trying to answer it back on offense with hitting it at the buzzer when he steps on the line, Texas Western moves on to face Kentucky. You'll have to see the rest of the movie and the whole movie to find out how the rest of it finishes. But that is my sports movie moment. I just, of all the ones I've featured on the show, this one probably matches significantly, fitting like a glove with what happened in Redbird Arena last night for the men's basketball team.
And now it's our special guest, Anthony Ferretti's turn for his sports movie moment choice. So, Anthony, take it away with your Will's sports movie moment favorite. Right, so, yeah, my movie moment, or the movie that I'm going to start with, is Miracle. It was made in 2004, and it was about the 1980 U.S. Olympic men's hockey team and how they, how all odds were against them when they were playing the Soviets. And they were able to upset the Soviets in the final, or not in the final, in the semifinal, and then they were on to the final. I had you watch the movie to see what they do there. But No, yeah, I've seen it. Um, There's a great coach in there, too. The actor that plays them is a really mm-hmm. great uh, personality in that movie. I remember their uh, training was really interesting, giving them that long test uh, to the players and everything. But I'm curious. I love your movie choice, but what team uh, or situation are you comparing it to? I'm really curious. Well, I'm going to compare it to the Redbird men's basketball team, specifically because there's a scene in Miracle, and it's right before they play the Soviets, and Coach Herbrooks is talking to his team, and he's saying, um, you know, basically, you know, I'm sick and tired of, you know, hearing all the Soviets are, you know, yes, they're really the team, but he's like, you know, it's our time to beat them. And I'm comparing that to Redbird men's basketball and the Arch Madness tournament and, kind of Dan Moore being in the locker room talking to the team like, you know, hey, you know, I'm sick and tired of losing in this championship game. Like, you know, this year is all year to win the championship game and get into the tournament. So getting in to the tournament um, for the Redbirds is like upsetting the Soviets for Team USA. Yeah, no, I love that comparison. You know, like we were just talking about with the Redbird men's basketball team in the uh, Redbird sports update there. It's important for this team. You know, Dan Moore has great experience as a player and a coach, you know, when he played for Illinois State, he understands the Missouri Valley Conference. And I love that comparison just because fighting adversity, that's what they're going to have to do. We just talked about how they have to move up the standings and keep this momentum going. That's what they have to do, like that USA team did in the movie Miracle. I, I love that movie choice, Anthony. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is all the time we have in episode 24 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time to our upcoming Facebook Live where we'll tell you all more about what is coming up for episode 25, guests, sports talk, topics, and more. We want to thank Anthony Ferretti from the WZD News and Sports Department for his time with us this afternoon and being a part of the debut episode, extended edition of the Redbird Sports Update of Illinois State University Athletics that will now be featured on every other episode moving forward of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. So, Anthony, we thank you for your time. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with our guest from WZND's News and Sports Department, Anthony Ferretti, saying so long from Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Hey, if you want to hear more fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's Fifth Quarter Specials at WilliamDFarlow.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports, Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.